guys welcome back to the bread to build podcast a project dedicated to sharing the stories of the people who build and those who help move construction forward just want to take a second and thank everybody that's been sharing the podcast lately it's been awesome to see you guys snagging photos uh listening to it on the way to work tagging us on social our only ask is if you're liking the podcast so far uh you want to support the skilled trades share it with a friend drop us an awesome review Um, This project that Matt and I are doing, this is a passion project. We're not making money from it. So all we ask you to do is share it so we can keep growing the movement. That being said, my name is Brett Gunn. I'm the founder of Hammer and Builders Vista. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Pinella. What's going on, guys? It's Matt Pinella, carpenter and content creator based out of Central California. As Brett said, thank you guys for tuning in. I have a little challenge. I want you guys the first person that does this successfully is going to get a $20 bill sent straight to your inbox. The first one-star review on the podcast, I want it screenshotted and sent my way. First person to do it gets 20 bucks. Breck, let's get to it. Let's switch that to a five-star, but I'm totally down with it. Today, we're hopping on with Nate Bowman uh, to talk about their new initiative called Weld Labs. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, they're going to be touring the U.S. to visit schools and employers that teach the basics and advanced fundamentals of welding. Uh, Whether that's setting up with the trailer or on the job site or doing class and demos, uh, these guys are out here hustling to create modern welders. So with that being said, I'm super pumped to dig in. Nate, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. You did the clap thing for all of our guests. Nice. So Nate, I did a very basic introduction for you, uh, but you know, Matt and I absolutely love what you're doing. Uh, it's the reason why we want to have you on the podcast. Uh, but let's dive into Weld Labs. Let's maybe do like three short points just to get us started, the audience warmed up. What do you guys do? Why'd you start it? And what's the mission behind it? Um, so Weld Labs is basically um, my business partner, Rush Kane. He's like a, he's like a super Instagram famous welder. Like, you know. Badass uh, name, by the way. Yeah, Rush. <laughs> it's just like, He's like the, the, like the welder that I think like, I don't know, even I kind of like look up to and it's just to work with somebody that has like super welding skills and take those skills out and use them. Uh, like basically what Rush and I came up with Weld Labs is like, we wanted to pass these skills that we have and the things that we've learned onto as many people as possible. And we wanted to start by focusing on like high school welding instructors because this is where this is like the people that need the most help there's high school welding instructors all over the country that are getting into welding like instruction because of a requirement or it's a open teaching position or something like that they don't have a lot of support so we want to get out there with uh those people and pass those skills on and we want to practice our skills and doing that you know in-person like teaching people is is a great way to practice and you know do what we do more often i get what you're saying about that and i actually really like the fact that you brought that up oftentimes high school teachers are doing it more for the kids and like wanting to pass something on and you you think about welders welders are out in the field making their money you know what i mean they're gonna make a hell of a lot more than a teacher 
Yeah. So what's it going to take for someone making six figures plus to step down? I mean, obviously in retirement and stuff, but a lot of those teachers, whether it be carpentry related, welding related, they're not masters at what they do. So I really like that you guys are kind of pivoting that way and reaching out to them because you guys are essentially the masters bringing that skill level to the classroom, which most of them don't have. Yeah, I think it's really important. You know, I went through a couple welding schools, uh, like in, I went through a welding school in high school and my teacher was super passionate, but you know, it's not like he taught me about like the really like advanced welding stuff. It's, you know, it's not that he like didn't know that stuff, but it's just like a lot of these welding classes are filled with the like problem kids. I, and I, I see that as a problem, you know, with with a lot of the trade stuff, you know, you guys see too, the more I deal with these schools, I just keep seeing the same thing. It's like, it's like Grease or any of those movies from the eighties, like all the shitheads are in the like shop and met, you know, metals yep. classes and all that stuff. Like the kids that carry switchblades and stuff like that. Like those are the, where the guidance counselors are just like, you know, putting these, these kids, you know, how come the like really smart kid isn't taken you know, woodshop, like, why is he not like running a table saw or why is he not in welding or she not in welding? Like, yeah, because, you know, because you think that they would be better doing something that the other, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. so we see that a lot. So I think that with our, with our social media reach and, you know, I'm a professional photographer. So Rush is kind of like an awesome person to shoot welding. Like, the yes. most epic person, like all his stuff is sick. So yeah, you guys are making welding look sick, dude. It always looks so good. So I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, perfect. I have someone else that I can use my, like, you know, take photos. It's hard to take photos of me welding while I'm welding. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pull that hood up and take a selfie, right, Nate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to do. So, yeah. so I think that using our social media reach to kind of like make welding cool is, uh, and make make smart welding cool like mm. yeah it's if you look at like a, a page like weld porn and what that page and all these like big pages have just become it's just like people doing dumb shit and people are like oh this is great it's like what happened to like the people that are like putting in like real work or doing like like actually like building like really nice stuff mm -hmm. like all those pages are just overloaded with that and it's like oh buy our gloves or buy our whatever yeah. it is with whatever yeah. you know like, sell outy yeah and it's like yeah, man, I I see it. that, and i'm like dude i don't want to i don't i, I don't want to build a brand that's like based on selling you some crap you know yeah mm -hmm. make make the work pretty that that's rewardable yeah. right there yeah so i love what you guys are doing um kind of just to get everybody aware um so that everyone has a clear image of what you guys do Let's say I was one of those high school teachers or an employer listening to this episode. Um, give us an example of what it would look like to get you guys in the classroom or on site and what we would be doing for like, say we had like a three-day schedule. What would yeah. that look like? So we actually do have, um, we're going to go out to six high schools this year, um, sponsored by Lincoln Electric. That's awesome. Uh, really awesome that they were willing to do that. So uh, three days, it's uh, three days in the classroom and we say I actually have it written down I'll read you my notes because this is actually really much easier okay so three days so short classroom session so we're gonna like 
we want to shorten up the classroom time. We want to do like a little intro. We'll put together like a kind of like a, you know, kind of like a little slideshow, like a PowerPoint where we talk a little bit about what we do. But, you know, most people, if we're coming to the classroom, are going to know like yeah. what's going on. <laughs> then we'll just go out and do hands-on welding. Um, you know, we'll run through some welding exercises. I really like to show people how to test welds. So we would, hey, everybody weld in whatever, you know, th these two three-eighths plates together. Weld these any way that you want. You can MIG weld them. You can TIG weld them. Just bring us back the plate welded on one side. And we're going to, um, you know, we need all of your settings that you used. And you're going to, like, save this coupon. And I'll show you how I, like, cut it open. We can look at the inside of it. And we can take half of it and break it. So you can see two different types of testing like that you can do like just on your own. And then we'll kind of go back in the classroom and talk a little bit about like how to change, like if you don't like how your weld looked or whatever, like how to change the settings. So like mm. this is, this is like a super basics course. And I think that that is, people want to talk about like really technical welding. Like how would you weld this really weird exotic steel to, this other weird yeah. thing and it's like wait a minute like people don't understand what the the knob on the front of the machine does and you guys want to talk about exactly this. Mm -hmm. let's let's mm -hmm. just let's you know it's like a perfect practice makes perfect if you're just yeah. practicing ice skating in your backyard and you have nobody there to like critique you like you're not going to be in the olympics like no matter yeah, you're not gonna how. be doing fucking backflips and shit yeah. I, I get what you're saying yeah. that, that makes you know perfect I mean? sense yeah and it's just like that's how you know that's how people have somehow come to think and we're like man like we need to get like this industry into this century and both rush and i both have our own businesses i have a full-time job working um, at a regional welding supply company so i i run all their welding education and training for um our customers as well as our employees and then i solve welding problems as they come up uh we have about 20 i think I don't want to, I think we have 25,000 customers, maybe more than that. I don't know. We have 25 locations. Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a huge, huge, uh, welding supply company in Washington, Oregon. We have about 300 employees or so. And, uh, so anytime we have a customer that has like a welding related issue, they're like, this isn't welding right. Or, Hey, we mm -hmm. have this procedure that we don't know how to like get qualified or whatever. You can just like call me or Blair, uh, my counterpart in um, Bellingham, um, and my coworker Brian down in Southern Oregon. He's learning. He's like learning the stuff that I know and going to a bunch of classes and stuff, so he can learn what I know, so he can cover the South End. So if you're having any welding issues and you're one of our customers, one of us or all of us will come in and help you figure that out, so you can keep doing your job. So you you really do have the knowledge to be able to teach pretty much anything and everything. I think, I think that's really what, what sets you apart is I think a lot of people, like you're saying, hone in on like one fucking crazy thing. And it's like, that's cool and all like you, you taught the kid how to do this, but they don't even know what the hell they're doing. Like as far as the basics go and like, even not, not to get off subject, I just don't know the welding industry all that much. Like with, with carpentry, if you can use a saw and you know how to read a tape measure, you are set for success. We'll teach you the rest. And yeah. like you're saying, if you just teach them the basics, that's enough to get them in the door and let them learn the rest. Yeah. Just having some sort of foot to stand on there. Yeah, feeling comfortable if you walked onto a job site that you could plug in a circular saw, run a tape measure across a piece of plywood, 
know how to exactly. market, know how to lay it out and know how to run and, and feel safe and comfortable around a piece of equipment. And a welder, yeah, that's a saw, your startup. Yeah, welder, saw, a camera, all that stuff is the same thing. It's a tool. And yeah, you, you can make cuts with a saw and you can make perfect cuts with a saw. Like yeah. Just and you can yeah. use it safely and you can use it unsafe, you know, unsafely. And welding is no different. No, but, it, yeah. it's the PPE is very important and you can yeah. you can die just as quick. Yeah. So, so you guys are coming in I, from a very technical angle. What are you guys doing for employers then? Yeah, it totally makes sense for like classroom technical. Yeah. Get the foundational yeah. principles down. What are you guys doing for That's employers? That's a good question. You guys are showing up to site basically. You're not restricted to a classroom. Correct. So if there's a company that's interested in this stuff, and if they're not interested, we're not trying to sell anyone on this. Mm -hmm. um, because if they're not already thinking about th the things that we're talking about, I'm not going to come in and sell you on that. Like, we're going to come in and save your company all this money and all this other stuff. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you seen Rush and I, you know what I mean? We're just like, we're in our 30s. What are we going to like? This isn't like Wolf of Wall Street, you know? Even if we have the the information and the know-how, it doesn't mean that your 50 welders that work for you are going to listen to what we have to say either. It's a company culture thing. So companies yeah. that are actively looking at this kind of stuff are the kind of companies that will find us through something like this podcast or, you know, social media just being clever will find us and we'll you know, we'll be able to work with them. I have a local customer here that I've done some weld inspection stuff where it's a local trailer manufacturer. I wanted to buy a flat, I don't know, it's a quick story. I promise to be really quick. So this story about this flatbed trailer, I wanted to buy a local built flatbed trailer and there's ones built in Portland. So I went over there, like walked in the door and like asked to speak to the owner about these trailers. And I was like, Hey man, this is what I do. I do weld inspection. I was looking at your trailers and stuff. Like I see how you're welding them and I think you could weld them a lot better and I want to buy one from you, but I want to help you like weld it better. Like when you do mine and I'm like happy to help you, you know, I'm like, I looked you up on LinkedIn. You have like a, you were, you used to work in aerospace. Like I understand you get procedures and all this other stuff. And it just was like turned into like a three hour conversation and we're walking around his building and we just kind of became friends. So that was our first uh, Weld Labs customer. He's prototyping the idea um, about creating a very short, like three or four day introduction to his welding process at this plant with a candidate that shows aptitude, but might not pass their weld test. So the first test subject we did in December, um, I call him a test subject. Sorry, it's like just... To me, everything's like we got it. Our little lab rat here. <laughs> yeah. So the first person, it's all good. The first dude to go through this, um, he was super cool. Like really, really nice guy. Had a great attitude. Wanted to learn. Welded a little bit in high school, and that was it. But these guys are welding trailers. They're doing repeated welds. Everything's in a fixture. Yeah. There's basically like two settings to know, and you know the weld test is not really that difficult. So in one day we easily had him able to pass the weld test by oh, the shit. end of the second day he was ready to go on the production floor and on the that's morning, awesome man on the morning of the third day he was out like he took the weld test one more time again in the morning 
and then they put them out welding up uh, utility trailers to start. No well, shit. In and out. So we think that potentially in the future, we could do trainings like that, very small. What we would really like to do is kind of focus more on train the trainer where we teach them how to do that without us. Because I honestly don't want to be flying around the country all the time, like training new welders every single day. Like, no offense, yeah. but I would rather fly around and teach people how to do that that are there in town all the time so that they can just do it whenever they want mm -hmm. it's um, a spider web effect yeah it'd be very that. hard to duplicate yourself so yeah. let, let, let's talk yeah. about that nate I, I i was just talking with uh uh jason becker over arc junkies and kyle linko both of them are instructors talked to him a couple weeks ago and we were just really dialing into trade schools and understanding the biggest pain points and a lot of what, you know, I've heard, and I'm sure you're very well aware of this, and Matt alluded to this earlier too, is that we're just not paying these trade instructors enough. Yeah. Like you, you guys said, yeah, sure. There might be a deep passion for it. You can teach the soft skills. The technical skills are just not there. Like these guys are getting paid enormous amounts of money versus taking the pay cut. So like, obviously the solution would be pay these guys more, but that's not an overnight solution. So like, how, how would you guys kind of foot that bill or like get these instructors up to par where, you know, they can actually train these folks or like what other solutions are out there versus just trying to get these guys bigger paychecks. So they actually are teaching the students. So I don't think that here's the other problem. This has been a problem for so long that mm -hmm. the welders that are out there, most welders that are out there don't know enough to be teaching other welders like themselves, even guys that have been in the industry for 10, 15 years, like this is going to sound horrible, but it's like, where did you get your education? Like what's, when's the last time you went to a class? When's the I last think that's across the whole workforce in blue collar. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, and if you are, if you are a welding instructor, let's say, even, let's say I decided to just leave the welding industry and go become a welding instructor, which I did. When I was in New York, I took over my high school welding instructor's position. So the that program closed down. <laughs> so I, I did that for two years before I moved across the country. So when I, I was also working as I had a, my own welding company at the time. So at night and after school, I was still welding every single day, all the time. So, but high school welding instructors aren't normally doing that. They're not like, you know, mm -hmm. and carpenters aren't like, you know, sometimes, you know what I mean? Like maybe you do a couple side jobs, but like welding instructors at community colleges and stuff like that, it's not like they're running a welding business on the side. Some yeah. of them are, but most of them are just taking their paycheck and, you know, doing whatever. And it's like the classes that like, like I, I, I have all the welding certification, like weld inspector, welding educator, welding, you know, certified welding supervisor. Like I went through all those programs and I'm like, man, like I just realized that even though I have all those, like there's still so much I don't know, but there's people that walk around that have none of the credentials that I went out and got that are like, I know everything about welding. And it's like, yep. whoa, 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 wait a minute. And it's these same guys that are pushing these like stupid, like Chinese garbage welders and all that stuff. Like you guys got to see that. So I think like what this comes down to for probably for both of us is we're like, you know what, like we're going to use our brains to like 
figure out how to make doing the right thing cool. And that's like, that's what we want to do. Like, that's the goal with Weld Labs. How do we do cool welding shit with people that want to do cool welding shit? That's it. Like, oh, that should what? be the fucking slogan right there. I love right. that. <laughs> what, what you're talking about makes perfect sense because like when you think about the viral content that you see and shit on like social media you see a dude that's like no fucking helmet on staring right into it freaking one eye open just fucking yeah. railing it and then it's like, like four million views exactly and then you have somebody that's like stacking dimes fucking beautiful and yeah. it's like they're not getting any love because they're not looking like a jackass dude you know what the worst part about that is most people that are stacking those dimes, the weld has like no penetration because they don't, no one looks mm. at this stuff. It looks cool, but it's like painfully slow, too much heat input. It's like, it's all the, it's like wrong for like so many reasons. And I see that I stuff. Got you. Like, what am I going to do? Become like welding Batman and like, just go out and just like trash people in the comments. Like that's not going to shit out of everything. Oh dude, I can't, you know? So I'm, I'm like, Rush and I are seeing this stuff and we're seeing it happen within even like welding organizations, right? We're yeah. watching as, as like the welding industry is like, we're like, what is even happening right now? Like what happened at like taking pride in your work? Like why is every welder this like beer drinking, like spitting, swearing, like, yep. you know what I mean? Like why, why is it that? Like, that's just not how it is. And we're, we're just like, we're, you know what? like, we're going to show you. Yeah, I we're going to get from, into that in a second, too. Yeah, I'm from Central California, so we've got, like, the sand dunes right next to us and stuff. Um, eight, 18 years old, I had a little class 2000 race truck and shit. Hell yeah. Fully caged, bumper to bumper. Like, that was, that was my life. So, like, with that being said, I was tied in with, like, multiple different fabricators locally. And exactly, like, what you're saying, it's, like, the beer drinking freaking drunk while you're welding couldn't get them out of bed like they yeah. won't weld unless they're drinking like it, it's a very common thing and and then yeah. there was a few of them a few of them that like they gave a shit about what they did they wanted their stuff perfect nobody hung out at their shop because they were fucking busy working yeah, yeah. their stuff was gorgeous and yeah. 10 years later after i'm out of high school those guys are still working and they're still making money oh and yeah the ones that were drinking freaking partying their life away they're not even around anymore yeah yeah and that's kind of, that's like what, you know, Rush and I kind of did, like we, we've kind of reached these like points, like Rush was a welder, like the head welder on Diesel Brothers, like every truck no you saw out of that wow. shop, like he did all the welding and, and fab work, like, dude, it's so funny, like people like would joke about like Rush would be like, oh, he probably like takes a bunch of photos and just posts the good one like i hang i've hung out with him and he'll be like trying to show me something he'll just be scrolling through like axles that he built and like truck rear ends and just like and dude just like scrolling through and i'm like oh my god dude that guy can well rush like he's he's like super humble about like the work that he does and the quality work that he does but at the same time it's like really important to kind of showcase that kind of stuff so I learned a lot about the technical side of welding, which Rush would be the perfect kind of person to have out there, um, like demonstrating this type of stuff. He can be welding, I can be talking, doing the cool like science stuff, like watching it with a thermal camera or running the computer that's monitoring the welding while we talk about welding variables and how they affect the weld and like that kind of thing. 
so I have a couple machines that like already do that. Actually, I have three of four of them now, <laughs> but we're going to take these machines out and then be able to like hook clamps onto your welder and then hook a computer into it. And then we'll be able to show people like, this is what's really happening when you do this. And this is what's happening when you do that. You, um, you just said something that I absolutely love. We, we've talked on the podcast before about um, the Y generation. It's not so much just telling somebody, here's what you're doing. Here's how to do it. It's why it happens. Yeah. Why are things done this way? And a lot of the younger generation wants to know why things are done a certain way. And once you explain that to them, it seems to stick better. So oh, yeah. I like that you're doing that. That's a good point you bring up, Matt. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I got a question for you. Are there any hesitations that schools or companies have with Weld Labs? Or is there any kind of misconceptions that we could kind of just break down right now? Or are they like very open to you guys coming in and showing all the technical principles? Um, it's actually the opposite of that. It's like we, like we said, like the kind of stuff that we talk about is not necessarily what people are interested in doing because change is really hard. It's hard to bring somebody in to come and tear your welds apart and tell you that you've been doing something wrong for a really long time. As, as like from a business point of view, right? Yeah. The, the, the business model of us coming in, doing a short classroom session, going out, hey, you weld this part that you weld any way that you want to weld it. We're going to sharpie your settings down and whatever. And we're going to monitor the welder while you're welding it. And then we're going to cut it open. And I already know because I wouldn't be talking to your company that we could do a lot better, you know, like already. So how do I get that person and that welder and that shop and that lead and all the, you know, people in this shop to be on the same team? That's the most difficult part about all this. They almost have to swallow their pride, huh, to bring you in. Yeah, and that's something welders are known for being really good at doing. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like Absolutely. Bigfoot, you know, Bigfoot, and then like a welder admitting he was wrong, you know? Yeah. In a Dodge with like the Tomiers folded in. Oh, God. You will never yeah. see that. Piece of cake. So what are some of the most common issues that um, you're seeing with schools or companies um, that they may be overlooking in terms of production or training that you guys are addressing more commonly? Like, I think, I think it's just taking a look at what you're doing, you know, just shops get into this routine where they've been building a part or a widget or fabricating, you know, some variation of a widget for a really long time. And it's like, man, when is the last time someone's come in here and offered any sort of process improvement or whatever? And typically it's like a welding salesman that comes mm -hmm. in there. And sometimes you can have a great welding salesman. And from a different company, you can have a horrible welding salesman that yeah. only wants to sell you crap. So, you know, if there's, you know, six or eight different people coming through your door trying to sell you on something. And Weld Labs comes along and we're like, yeah, we're going to save you way more than you could buy any welding supplies you want and have all new machines and still be putting another quarter million dollars in your pocket every year from now until forever. They'd be like, yeah, whatever, you know? And it's like, there, there's a guy that, that like kind of wrote the book on this. This guy's name's Jack Barkoff and nobody knows who that is because it didn't work. You know what I mean? If he was so right about all this education and how to do it. 
he could have had this great idea, but like no one knows about it. This is like the certified welding supervisor thing. And it's one of the credentials that I got. And when I learned it, I was like coming from being a welder to learning the stuff to get this certified welding supervisor credential. I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. There's more to this. It's like the economics of welding. It would be, I don't know what the carpet, like carpentry equivalent of that or home building equivalent. It would be like also understanding like design. Yeah. Like, so you could just look at a wall and be like, okay, I understand like everything that's involved that's needed to move this I get wall. what you mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than just being like, I'm the guy swinging the hammer, looking at the blueprint, just building yeah. the wall. So it's, it's when I kind of realized that, I'm like, man, why is more people not talking about this? And it's mm -hmm. just like, people graduate from high school and they're like, I don't ever want to learn anything again. I don't yeah. want to go to college. Like, I didn't want to go to college and I didn't want to learn anything anymore. Like I was like awful in high school. I hated it. And I only liked welding class, but I did enjoy like science and math and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it just, you know, I was never pointed in that direction. You know, it's like, I was always, it was like, oh, he's the like, like squirrely kid, like put him in the welding class, put him in the shop class. You know, it was never like, you know what he needs is physics. He would really like physics, which I would have loved <laughs> to like, you know what I mean? But it's like, that just wasn't like prescribed basically. So I, you know, Rush is like kind of the opposite. He was like the, you know, he looked like Derek Zoolander, you know, all the time. <laughs> like, and the, like, but he was in like welding school, you know, welding school and the, like the, like, you know, country welders that were there like, kid, you can't come in here and weld and He's like, the hell I can't, like, I can do whatever I want to do, like, and look like really good while I'm welding. And it's just like, that's, that's okay too. Like, that's actually kind of break, breaking down that, that stereotypical. Yeah. yeah. And you can do that with like, literally insert any trade, which is yeah. so sick because like any trade is a skill that people can't take away. Like, absolutely. That is, um, and for a lot of people, I think that that like gives gives them like a sense of like uh i don't know like like purpose you yeah know, for a lot for a lot of trades a lot of trades people probably feel that well like it's the same thing if somebody goes to college they're always like oh that's my team you know yep but it like but with a trade you actually get something out of it like you get that skill that can like put food on the table yeah you can't take that away from you ever yeah I, I heard you say something recently. It was either you or uh, Rush, but you guys said something along along the lines of, "Well, first, it's around trade secrets, which is something that we like to talk about." And yeah. you know, we had Byron Builds on here, and he he's very bullish on abolishing trade secrets, which I'm very much a fan of. But there, there's one thing that you guys said was, and it was so punchy. It sounded amazing. You guys said transparency is the fastest way to build up the industry because it levels the playing field. And that had some heat to it, man. And it's something that we've heard a couple of times on the podcast or just chatting with folks of like getting rid of trade secrets. How are you guys planning on bringing more transparency to either the technical side of welding or actual welding careers? Because that's something that I'm very passionate about. In yeah, general. I, I think part of it is like, doing podcasts and stuff like this, working with other like smart, like-minded people, like by networking, like I think getting the message out there where it's going to be received, it's just important to, to use, you know, we got to use the, the skills that we have. Like, 
we're not just welders anymore. Like now we have to be welders and educators and welding industry ad advocates. And, yeah, you know, part of that involves like, we have to, we have to just do our part, you know, uh, if we're going to try and move the needle, like nobody ever really like moved the needle working 40 hours a week. So you get a point. Yeah. I want to touch on something just because I, I personally wondered about this. Everybody that I know that went to school for welding went straight out of high school. And I'd like you to touch on this and confirm or deny everyone went straight out of high school, straight to a community college, did whatever the hell it is in community college, and then left welding and dropped straight into the field. What is like the ideal setup? What, what would someone go through to become a welder? Is that like um, the ideal way? The ideal way to do it is get in your car and drive to the welding shop that you want to work at and walk in the door and say, I want to work here. What does it take to get a job here? That's the ideal setup. Hold up, hold up, hold up. So you're telling me someone doesn't have to go to college for this? No. Is there anything in the welding industry that they would have to go to college for? Yeah. What if, about you wanna, if, you want, if you want to be a welding engineer. But as a welding engineer, are you even welding anymore? Uh, so that's the thing. Some of them are, and some of them aren't. Okay. And, and you actually need to have both people. Like there's a, uh, this like really badass welder called the power wave. And it's like built on these like waveforms. And there's an electrical engineer that engineer these like sick waveforms that make it like the welding arc, just like super mint, like exactly how you want it. And like give you all this adjustability and stuff. So like you got to have those kind of people working on things like, yeah, you know, like everybody can't just be like, that guy doesn't know a lot about, well, I mean, he's welded a couple of times under the hood, but like, like, I'm not going to design waveforms, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like that, I could be a really sense. good, I could, you know, that's, that's what's so cool about welding and any, like any of the trades, like there's just so like so far in any direction from, you know, just being a guy that swings a hammer all day or just burns rod all day to somebody who's engineering, designing the machines, somebody who's selling the equipment, somebody who's servicing the equipment, people that are in welding education. Like it's not, I think that that's the other part about Weld Labs is we want to kind of expose to people like that there are other, well, other careers within the welding industry. One of like my mentors is this guy, Phil Fagenzi, he works for Lincoln and he like wears like a super like sharp, like dress shirt and like gets to get dressed up like every day and go to work. And but he's like, still in the welding industry. Still in the welding industry. And he runs a, a, a welding segment and is like directly related to like building welding equipment, like helping, you know, solve welding problems and stuff like that. Like super involved. But that's awesome. You know, this is, it's a, it's a, you know, like anything else, it could be like an architect versus again, like the guy that's just tipping walls up. Yeah. You know, how yeah. far do you want to go? Um, that makes sense. Can I say this too? Like back to what you're saying about going directly from high school into the industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're willing to put the work in, like when you're 18, 17, 18 years old, and you can, if you can drive your car and you have free time, you can get a job. Like so literally you, you those are the only requirements to get a job, like as a welder or somebody or a tradesman at all, go find so a job site and offer to work. You would apprentice through a shop similar to how you would in construction as well. But yeah. There, yeah. there's a test that you were talking about, that test that they would have to take. A welding shop sometimes will have a weld test, right? Like most welding shops will just like, they'll grab a couple of pieces of metal that they like typically weld. 
they'll set the machine to zero and they'll be like, here, set this machine up and weld this, right? Okay. Then the guy goes over there and like turns the knobs and turns the gas on and does whatever and then makes it weld. And then somebody does something and looks at it and says that this is either good or bad. Okay. So that guy could be the shop foreman. It could be the owner. It could be whoever. And that test can be, they could hand you a blueprint. The, that test could get nuclear certified, like in anywhere in between. But if you want to go down the street and weld at a shop, like that's just welding, there is often just welding jobs that you're like, welding together handrail, welding together mm -hmm. a little part on this thing or something like that. Or, or just this, this simple, basic kind of stuff. Let's say you're a welder that took a, uh, or your high school student that took a welding class in high school, you absolutely could walk into a welding job without a doubt, just go show up and keep showing up and you'll have a job. Like, it's really that simple. Like no shit. companies, companies would die to have somebody like that. As an outsider, I thought that shit was so much harder to get into. I thought you had to go through a bunch of schooling and whatnot. The, yeah. This is going to be awesome for people. I mean, there, there might be people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to just show up, you know? I like well, that. Maybe call, you know, maybe call first or whatever. Um, find out when they're open. Don't show up at like some weird time or whatever, but like just come in and be polite and just say, hey, you know, I, I'm in a high school welding program. If you're in a welding program, that's your foot in the door. That's like your, your conversation starter. You're like, hey, I'm in this welding school. I'm like trying to learn, like I want to get a job or whatever. Um, like I'm looking for a place to intern. Can I come in at night? Can I come in and sweep your floors? I really want to work here. Like asking a question like that, um, like go, go ask 10 places. Like you think you're going to get turned down 10 times? Like probably not in person, you know, like that not kind of for the demand that the industry has right now. Right. Absolutely and then it does. And then, you know, and here's the other thing too, that I will say about getting a job as a welder. If you don't like what your boss is paying you, just leave your job and go find a different job welding for a couple dollars an hour when you're only making like 20 or $30 an hour, 15 or $16 an hour, go down the street for another $4 an hour. It's a huge pay increase when you don't make any money. And it's the only way that we're going to be able to like start moving these, these wages up. The industry is you know, going to explode is, when they hear that, I'm sure. But this is, uh, I was just about to say, this is kind of a controversial topic, but I totally fucking agree. Go with the people that are going to pay you more. I've seen so many people that are in tech and they go from Google to this company, to this company. And every time they're just leveling up yeah, that pay. Hopping. Yeah, exactly. And they go from like, well, I made 105,000 my first year and I, five years in, I'm at 360. And it's like, they wouldn't have given you $250,000 raises. Like you just yeah. bounce around and go, go to who pays more. And that, that's ultimately how the industry is. I don't care who says what loyalty comes to the people that, I mean, are paying the most. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. There is one caveat there though, Matt. Yeah. The caveat Let's hear is it. that Let's hear it. if you're paid too much for the responsibility that you're trying to assume. So you're like being way overpaid for the actual job. I get that. That's I've the met only some part people that like you that. get you fucked on job hopping is that you're applying for that next job. They see this kind of like pattern and then you only have like oh why are yeah. you oh, I'm not, yeah on? yeah yeah i'm not but saying, that's like, the only other caveat but i totally agree with you guys i'm not like, saying do that optimize i'm not saying do that every six months i'm saying yeah, yeah like, i got you, know you man like work work a job for like a year or something like that see see how they treat you when it comes time you know for your full year 
you know, if, if you don't like the pay rate that they give you when you go in, um, when I first started welding, I was like, they gave me $10 an hour, like in 2000 and I don't know, eight, uh, nine, eight, 2008, nine, that was horrible. And I was working like 60 hours a week and a year went by and I was still mm -hmm. making $10 an hour. And I got like a raise to like 11 or something like that. And I was like, dude, I want like 20. Yeah, man. I'm like, here, I can weld everything that you guys make at this place. And my stuff looks better than anybody else's in here. I'm like, mm -hmm. go look, like all my stuff is dialed. Like I, you know, take care of this place. And, and I was like, I was mad. And they're like, well, we'll give you another 50 cents or something. So I just found a different job. And then they begged me to come back and gave me more money. And I worked there for, of course another, they did. for another year, you know, and, and, or a half a year or something like that. Tried to just tried to make it work. It was just like a bad relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is, it's toxic as shit. They beat you and then you come right back to it. It's <laughs> like, dude, I'm just saying, man, like if some of these welders, like, you know, and the other things too that I see that, that really pisses me off while we're airing our grievances <laughs> with the industry is these guys that like have like to pay like a bunch of child support and are just like hanging out at this job, making $20 an hour to fund their like drinking habit and they're holding it all up for like the rest of new people to come in you know it's like mm -hmm. there's like yeah and that guy is the worst guy in the welding industry because like some guy will come in with something new and this guy like doesn't want to be found out that he's like a scumbag even though everybody already knows so he'll just like he'll just like shoot yeah down be exposed that, like, tries, tries <laughs> yeah. to come in yeah Dude, I no, that's that not a good idea. <laughs> Dude, I deal that I deal with that all the time with weld inspection. Cause like the guy that like is the most nervous about it, he'll come in and be like, "Dude, I was nuclear certified. I was welding on nuclear submarines and a nuclear." I'm like, "Okay, all right, cool. You know, we're not here to certify you. Don't worry. Oh, okay, I could, I have all the certs anyway." And we're like, "Okay, sick." Like that's the guy you got. <laughs> that guy has you know, no certs. <laughs> yeah. Years ago, I, I worked on a production crew and. This dude was the same way. Tell all. He freaking, he was the best. Living the best lifestyle you could get. He ended up snorting meth. Fucking oh. dude was a train wreck. Yeah. But he when you just best. meet him, he was the best person in the world. And then on, on top of that, to touch base on the pay subject, um, I, I've talked about it on the podcast, I think once or twice, but um, when I was 16, 17, I actually got a pay cut to below minimum wage. <laughs> and you know, that, that was a fucking proud moment story. in my career. Oh, wow. <laughs> it wasn't even fucking legal. Hey, it's wow. been all up from here, right? Yeah, um, no, it's been great. No, no yeah, minimum wanna, wage. You're like, you want to talk about 4X, bro? I 4X my, my $6 an hour, bro. Inflation adjusted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take that Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> level up. Um, like my dude, life I want... is in the dip. My whole life. By <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the dip. I'm in the dip. Yeah. Um, Nate, tell us about the tour coming up. Uh, which school, okay. can you give us any information on the schools, cities that you're going to be hitting first? Um, um, and also, I, yeah, I'm not, I, yeah, I can't, I don't have the like full, uh, like itinerary yet, but basically, um, I know New Hampshire, New York, Illinois, uh, Florida, Texas, um, and Utah. Are, Holy are shit. Gonna... Are you driving? No, 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 no. We're going to fly in. Okay. Yeah, we're going to fly in. I got some, I'll bring in like a Pelican case of like welding toys that, to play with, you know. And uh, yeah, it'll be slick. That'll be awesome. 
Yeah, that's bad. At, what what kind of facilities and companies are you going to be visiting? Uh, is this all schools or is this, this also is all, companies? Yeah. That, so that okay. was the main thing. You know, we were just kind of starting Weld Labs. You know, we kind of both committed to like, hey, we have enough time to do like, let's say we did six events, three days each. It's basically like five days. It's like travel on Monday, travel on Friday, like kind of a, you know, so that way we're at least we're home on the weekend. It's, you know, we're kind of maximizing that time. We have flexibility on either end of the schedule, you know, just so we can, you know, for travel. Um, but the three-day events are focused mostly on these high schools because we think that like this is, if we can kind of pass this information along, now we have these like six high school teachers and then all the students that we met in that like network or whatever that know what we know that know how yeah. to cut welds open that understand these things that have like now they have like a, a resource and you know information and stuff that's like solid data they and they can like check their own work and we're like sweet see you later mm -hmm. we don't know if we can do it next year or not like it's we thought six would be cool and we were kind of planning on like maybe like one every other month or something but then like you got like school breaks and you know yeah. other stuff like we got fab tech to mix in and other trade shows so i was like so six is actually like we're like well there goes all my vacation time <laughs> for work you know you know what though dude think about i'm sure you've already thought about it but it's kind of hitting me right now think about the fucking effect that you guys are having this is going to spider web i've said that earlier in the podcast you help say half a dozen and you might think okay i'm only affecting this amount of students that they have right now you're going to impact them for the future years that are coming every single classroom is going to get taught different because they now have this open mindset to a whole different way of learning that they didn't have before that you guys were able to supply to them yeah. so ultimately if you could do what you're saying you're going to do and hit half a dozen every year Dude, the effect that you're going to have after five years is going to impact thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, I mean, even even the instructors, man, that are involved with those 12 kids and then they have that next batch of students. That's that what I'm saying. Like, Everybody's like going the, to be so much more prepared. Yeah. So we're sh we're also shooting all this too. So it's all going to be on YouTube. My, my, I don't know nice. if you guys saw the, the, the YouTube video, the excavator one. Um, my good friend, Jesse Larson is like, he's going to come along to some of these with us and we're going to shoot it. The goal That's... with this is, is basically we're, we're doing it, Lincoln's sponsoring it. And we're just like, Hey, uh, this is the model to do this. And it's like, Hey Miller, Hey Esob, Hey, you know, Fronius, all, you know, all these companies that make Step up to the plate and back the next generation. Yeah. And this is the model. Here's how you do it. My question to you, you said something about YouTube. Are you guys planning on putting out like instructional stuff on YouTube? And Yeah, the Weld Labs. So the Weld Labs YouTube channel, I want to be kind of like a single point resource for welding instructors in the future. So we're going to post, um, we're going to do videos on like, what is voltage? What is amperage? How is, you know, does different shielding gas affect your weld? Like, what does this wire do? What does that wire do? What can you weld with this machine? We're going to do all these different videos and um, I'm going to collect all the data while we're doing these videos live, like on calibrated equipment with calibrated mm. gas. And we're going to eliminate all the variables. And then we're going to have these videos independently verified by a couple different welding experts, like welding engineers or whoever for accuracy 
and we're going to post them on YouTube. So that way people, you want to talk about like transparency, this is how to do it. Like if you want to say it's done differently, do a different experiment. We're shooting things like on the sickest cameras, the like with the best equipment. It's like, it's like, uh, just take a look. Like, here you go. This is what we have. Like, if you want to, you want to try and do another video like this, like here's the format or whatever, but we need more of this. We're trying to set so, an example. I'm, I'm not anything special by any means, but, um, I do have a lot of experience with marketing specifically YouTube and like taking over search history and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, search, search results. I would love to talk to you outside of this. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I know, you know, marketing, I know, you know, camera gear and whatnot i i would like to help you fucking dominate as far as youtube sure. goes because there are a lot of people out there that are trying to gatekeep with a price tag and yeah. i i don't like it whatsoever um i understand that your guys's weld labs like the tours itself is a paid gig but nobody's putting out that stuff for free everybody's doing it with a cost yeah. and the fact that you guys are willing to do the tours and make your money there and then on top of that, put it out for free. That that speaks volume about you guys. Um, so let's definitely stay connected on that. I would love to help you with marketing. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the goal is like, um, like the information is the easy part. Like for us, it's yeah. the industry just needs to get it. And there's yeah. just so much stuff, like you said, like these people that'll post like welding videos and talk about stuff. And it's, it's a, it's an ad for a piece of equipment. It's an ad for mm -hmm. a glove. It's an ad for something else. Well, and then. It, like people see that, it, you know, young people see that stuff and they think it's like, that's all oh, that's cool or that's accurate or whatever. And it's just like, you guys got to see that as well. So we're, we're like, no, 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 this is free. We're not going to make you sign up for our master class or anything. We're going to put this out and you guys are going to do it. And there's companies like Lincoln Electric that are willing to put their money into us and be like, hey, we believe in like welding education so much that we're going to send these guys out and uh, and do it. So, you know, which is I sick. love that, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it all roll out. Yeah. Um, on that same note, what is what is one goal you hope to achieve by the end of the year? one goal um i would love to get that well that channel like up and running like and get a few um you know get a few things out like on that channel like that would be really cool i want to do this one with this company called cavatar so if you've ever seen there's these really insanely high resolution videos uh shot on this camera called the cavatar they have a youtube channel or youtube channel and instagram channel and I want to do a welding video with them where we talk about like a welding process and we shoot with those guys. That would be like, dude, that would be like super next level. So I'm working, I'm going to have to look them up. Cavatar. Spelt with a C? Yeah. It's like caviar, but Cavatar. Cavatar. Yeah. Their stuff is sick. Um, I've talked to them a little bit like in like on like direct, direct message and stuff. And they seem to be down. I just need to like, you know, put the, you know, figure out like, what are we shooting and you know, structure it all. Mm -hmm. dude, there's a lot of ideas. It just end up as post-it notes. Like earlier while we were talking, I came up with one, um, weld procedures, 1-800 hotline, like call in and get like settings, like weld settings or like how to, how to set up to weld something. Mm. You just call in like on a hotline, 
But then I thought it'd be really funny to do a commercial where it's like in Ghostbusters, we have like the really snotty secretary. She's like, well, Babs, what do you want? You know? <laughs> I found you know, one of those tickets on the floor in Las Vegas and I yeah. called it and it, yeah. dude, I don't even, I don't even know what I called. Yeah. It that, reminds me of that meme that floated around. It's uh, uh, Tiger King and Carol Baskin is like, uh, how like office workers answer the phone. It's like, hey, all you cool cats in Kitson. Oh, <laughs> and then, like yeah. Tiger King's like, what's up, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. So you're spot on there, Nate. Yeah, that's like what I was thinking. I mean, yeah, we definitely want to do like, I mean, I think that one of the cool things about creating content is you can kind of do whatever you want. So on my personal YouTube channel, like I'm going to add a lot more of that like transparency into mm -hmm. like, yeah, I get it. We're making a video about welding like you know what i mean like why do i need to be welding downtown on some critical welding joint like 300 stories up for this to be you know relevant Useful. yeah 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 like you no know, yeah when, when i when i first got started on youtube that was the first thing i did i was like Let, let's go look through search results see what we could do when you search the words how to frame it's the same exact thing for how to weld nine out of the 10 videos that pop up are going to be fucking useless yeah, and you're going to be taught by somebody that honestly probably had a hard time figuring out how to work the camera to record, let alone actually welding or building. Yeah, and that that was what kind of got me hyped on um, filming like how-to videos, and mm -hmm. now like I I dominate the search history, the search results, and I would like to see you do the same exact thing because it takes people that actually know what they're doing. Not that I know a whole hell of a lot, but I I have the want to put out stuff that is actually useful. Not yeah. just like talking out my ass, here we go. And I, I think yeah. you're doing the exact same thing. It's like, it's quality information, but you have to cipher through the bullshit of YouTube search results in order to get to that one good one. Yeah, yeah. That's like, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, we're really like hitting huge with the production value. Like Jesse, my videographer is just insane. Like how he does what he does, like, it's just, I mean, it's just like watching somebody that's, you know, like just got it. Like, yeah, he, he'll take, he'll take absolute trash shooting and just turn it into like silky smooth. Like it just, it's like, man, like, how did you even do that? It's like, art. that's awesome. Yeah. So he, he's just, he's a, a huge part of the, you know, that YouTube thing and, and shooting and working with him. Like we've been working together for about five years now and like become friends through, through, um, just working on projects and, he shot my my video on on YouTube with the excavator and stuff with the fire and all that. Oh yeah, it's uh. Well, it sounds like you got the content creation down. I'd I'd love to help you on the marketing side. Please, yeah, we need help with that. Nate, one last question before sure. we uh, wrap up our episode with our fast five. Every episode, our fast uh, five today is freaking fire. Okay, it is. It's actually three riddles and two questions. Okay. Um, brought to you by Matthew Banks Wood. One of the last questions before we go into that, uh, is there anything that, you know, we at Hammer or uh, our listeners can do to support Weld Labs on the tour this year? Um, you know, our social media, if you want to follow us or check us out on social media, you know, if the, if there's an opportunity out there that like, seems like it's a good fit, you know, just hit up, a, uh, you mm -hmm. know, hit us up on, it's just at Weld Labs. Um, we have Weld Labs on LinkedIn. If you're one of the LinkedIn people, my uh, my Instagram's Weld Scientist. Rush Kane is at Kane Kid. Um, yeah, that's 
basically it. Like social, the Instagram is probably the best way to get a hold of any of us. Um, I think I have a call button on my Instagram. Like, a oh, there we go. I'm gonna call you. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna post I, Nate's number yeah. in the uh, description. Yeah, call. There me. we go. Give him a call if you have any questions. Yeah, seriously. If you have a welding question or you want to know what to do or you need motivation to go walk into a weld shop, call me up and I'll tell you to do go do it. <laughs> you know, one eight hundred Nate. Yeah. So yeah, the phone's a powerful tool, man. Like, how hard is it to talk on the phone for five minutes to answer a question? You know. Dude, I've talked to so many cool people that I don't know how the hell they find my phone number because it's not posted publicly anywhere, mm-hmm. but they fucking find it. And I get calls like once a day and it's like, sometimes people are just like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, good. Who are you? And we <laughs> chit chat for a minute, but I've made some pretty cool connections. Some yeah. people are like, Hey, I want to come work for you for free. And it's like, no, that's illegal. But yeah, <laughs> you're no, like, that, that's awesome that you actually take the time to talk to people. Yeah. yeah it's like, I'm oh, giving yeah. you a pay cut. <laughs> Yeah. You want to work for free? Pay yep. I think, you know, the other thing too about that is it's, it's practice, you know, yeah. people understand things differently. So, you know, when you, you get asked a problem, it could be the same problem that the person that called you yesterday is asking, but it's just in a different way and you need to explain it to them in a different way. So that's one of the things that I need to practice as like the mm-hmm. well scientist or whatever is I get it from the engineers and then I have to figure out how to say it in welder, you know? And it's like not saying that welders yeah. don't like aren't smart or don't understand. It's like the things that I'm getting in, I have a hard time understanding. So I get that, like, mm-hmm. we'll get why that there's a, you know issues sure. there. So, anyways, getting off topic again. Right. I'm glad you guys have. Some uh, it happens. We we've we've had a really good conversation. Um, yeah, we're gonna. There's a lot of people. Five. A lot of people wait for these because uh, they're very entertaining. So if you if you've made it this far, we definitely appreciate it. And also, and, I think you're gonna be very entertained. And remember, if you send me a screenshot with a one star review, you get twenty bucks. Only one person. You got to be the fastest to do it as well. I, Matt's awesome at reverse psychology, so appreciate that. Fair play. <laughs> Five questions to be answered in a sentence or less. Are you ready? I came up with. I didn't come up with them. Oh I found them. They're fucking great. All right, let's see. I want to ask you number one. Are you ready? Yes. Which room has no walls? Oh, man. I can't even fucking be serious. <laughs> the room has no walls? Uh, dude, I don't know. A mushroom. A mushroom. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I love mushrooms. All right, you're, you're going to get this next one. Okay, Brackets right, on man. me, buddy. Am I, am I, I'm on this one. All I was right. like not expecting it to be like a riddle question. I thought it was going to be like some, like a question, but I didn't know. It was oh, just so wait. The, the next the, two get better. The oh, next okay. two are riddles. Oh, uh, bring down your IQ a little for these ones. But okay. Sorry. I, I found them. Oh. What, what was the website? Did you just do like random riddle generator or something like that? I don't even know. Some, some right. stupid shit. Like Reminds that. me of like youth group when they're like, you know, what's your, what, if you could be a vegetable superhero, what one would you be? <laughs> If, if you were a worm, how long would you be? That was one we asked a long time ago. Oh, my God. Um, all right, number two. Number three is going to get you. Oh, God. Number all two. Right. If someone fell off a 50-foot ladder but didn't get hurt, how come? They fell into a pool. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, they actually fell off the bottom step. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess they could. <laughs> <laughs> All Number right. three, good. All right. a cowboy rode into town on Friday. He stayed in town for three days. 
and rode out on Friday. How is that possible? He could have like ridden out and then ridden back in. I thought everybody knew this one. His horse's name was Friday. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm so bad at these. This is just like... I thought you would have nailed that one. Oh, man, no. Dude, I'm horrible at these. <laughs> I, I would imagine that you're not getting asked these every day. No, no. <laughs> Usually Tomorrow, like, somebody will ask one of them, I'm sure. Oh, my God, dude. Wow. I was not expecting any of those and would have tell. Honestly, we, we weren't either. We just, it was spur of the moment. Good questions, oh. though. And then we got, we got two more. These are way less serious and not riddles. Uh, your, me your one message to the next generation would be? Uh, get in your car and drive to the place that you want to work. Boom. Period. You know, I love like, that. That's it. I like that that's Lo still happening. That's like tattoo apprentice shit. No, it, sh it isn't happening. That's why if it did happen, you'd actually get a job. <laughs> I love that dude five Nate here it is what does bread to build mean to you bread to build oh I was thinking like a gingerbread house Dude, it could be I bread to I build. get secondhand anxiety for everyone because I'm thinking they're thinking of sourdough yeah yeah I don't know what is wait bread to, I don't know dude I was just thinking of a gingerbread house what is hey, keep build? running with that keep running with that it'll, it'll be a new one everybody else is like hey you're born to build blah 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 so it's in your blood G give us a gingerbread one. Oh my god like wait <laughs> is that like the tagline did i totally miss this so we ask everybody at the end of our podcast to can you tell i didn't listen to your podcast that's all Dude, right you now you are. we don't listen to our podcast good you shouldn't like just send it you know you <laughs> just go for it, it. Yeah. The absolutely. job is to record and get it out. Right. Yeah, that's the job. One's amazing it's out, people. It's, so it's out. It's like people that save old photos forever and ever. It's like, what are you gonna re-edit that thing and like post it again? Like who's got time for that? Dude, I have never watched a fucking YouTube video I've ever posted. And I get such bad anxiety when I see people that I know like playing it on their TV thinking oh, it's really funny. God, I'm like, turn the shit off. This is not like, happening. Dude, I'm the worst. Like, yeah. Like when I go to Fabtech, oh my God. It's like, like everybody knows who I am there. And it's like, I'm like, I wish that they didn't, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. I've walked into Lumberyards and my shit's playing and I'm like, let's not do this. Yeah. It's really weird. It's really weird. Turn the little fat kid off. Matthew Wood, right, great well, to meet you. <laughs> question number five didn't go wow. so well, but that's all right. Well, none we of the questions went very well. Like, I it's like I thought uh, they were great. Yeah, you just watched me just fail miserably. Like, average. I mean, I I would assume that you wouldn't be getting a mushroom. They fell off the bottom step, or the horse's okay. name was Friday. The horse's yeah. name was Friday. I remember that given. one. I, 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 I thought you would have had that. Yeah, I remember. You'll never that. forget it. I won't. Not anymore. If anybody ever asks me that again, I'll be like. I was asked this on a podcast and I definitely didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what makes hey, like, hey, this is good marketing. At least you'll talk about it. Let's right. Go. Yeah. There was, I was on this podcast one time and there was like a, a thing that they said at the end of the podcast. And then like the guest always says like the other half of it, you know, and you like, didn't know it. No, no, not at all. Not at all. It was like the last <laughs> thing in the podcast. <laughs> And he was like, said something. I'm like, yeah, sick. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sick. All right, see ya. <laughs>
<laughs> that's what I don't like. That's too. That's too formal for us. We don't. We don't oh, have a freaking dude, game so plan bad. like that. No, I would blame you guys. I would blame you guys for not like you know cueing me into that. Like you guys are still organizing. Oh, by the way, at the end we all like raise our hands in the air, and if you miss out on it, it's like, <laughs> yeah, if you miss out on it, we can't publish the episode. Yeah, we're gonna need you to send us a cut of you just waving your hands. <laughs> Get a Photoshop in later. Let's change it up, Matt. I yeah. always do the outro. You do the outro. Guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Bread to Build podcast, a project dedicated to sharing the stories of those who build and those who help move the construction industry forward. If you'd like to follow me on social, you can find me on all platforms at Brett Gowen. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> at Matt Bangswood and um, support the youth. Find me on Instagram, YouTube, Hammer, anywhere and everywhere. On to you. You did my outro. You can find me on all social platforms at Brett Going. Make sure to follow Nate, the weld scientist, on every platform. They're doing fucking amazing things, so follow him. Oh.